Hello, I am Lori Wendra of Your Life Core, and you are listening to Messages from the Universe. Here, I deliver information from the mastery realms related to astrology, planetary influences, energy surges, and generally how we are evolving. I connect with angels, guides, ascended masters, astro beings, and those that come forward with messages to help us on our journey. Welcome, everyone. Hello, this is Lori Wendra, and thank you for listening. Everything is connected. If you've heard me talk over the years, you've heard me say this over and over and over again, that everything's connected. Everything impacts everything. You touch one thing and you touch all of them. Nothing is separate, alone, isolated, single. That is only illusion as everything impacts everything. And nature reminds us of this. So today I want to talk about lessons from the clouds because you might look up in the sky if you're like me when you were a kid, you laid on the grass and you watch the clouds go by and you look for forms and shapes and you think they're so far away and that you aren't connected to them. But you are connected to them. And we can learn so much from clouds. We can say scientifically a cloud is made of water drops or ice crystals that are floating in the sky. And we relate to that because as humans, we don't have ice crystals within us, but we're made mostly of water and we do have crystalline energy within us. We know where humans come from, but where do clouds come from? The sky can be full of water and we often don't think about that. But most of the time you can't see the water. The drops of water are just too small to see. They've turned into a gas called water vapor. And as the water vapor goes higher into the sky, the air cools it. The cooler air causes the water droplets to start to stick together like bits of dust, ice, or sea salt. And clouds are an important part of Earth's weather systems. And I look at humans are pretty darn important to our existence, and humans are more like clouds than perhaps you've ever thought about. I'd like to offer you this chance to think about clouds, the wandering, the pondering, and then let's look at the versatility and the purpose of clouds, because as much as everything is energy, everything also has a purpose. And like humans and our diversity, there are many kinds of clouds. According to the World Meteorological Organization's International Cloud Atlas, there's more than 100 types of clouds. And in those variations, they can be grouped into 10 basic types, depending on their general shape and actually the height and where they are in the sky. We can further break those down into groupings. The low-level clouds, those are the cumulus, the stratus, the stratocumulus, and they are below 6,500 feet. The middle clouds that form between 6,500 and 20,000 feet and the high-level clouds that form above 20,000 feet. The cumulonimbus, which tower across all of those low, medium, and upper clouds. So now that you've gotten a bit of a science lesson about clouds, let's talk about how we are more like clouds. And let's start with the low level, the cumulus clouds. Those are the clouds you learn to draw at a very young age, and they serve as the symbol of all clouds, much like a snowflake symbolizes winter. The tops are rounded and puffy, and they have a brilliant white light to them when they're sunlit. Well, the bottoms are often flat and relatively dark. Do you remember drawing clouds as a child? Those big puffy circles, doing your best to color maybe white on white paper? Cumulus clouds develop on clear, 
sunny days when the sun heats the ground directly below. This is where they get their nickname of fair weather clouds. They appear in the late morning, grow, and then disappear towards the evening. Sometimes we can feel like a cumulus cloud, puffy, floaty, something rising within our sunny day that takes us off target, might be something fun or light or distraction from what we may have been doing. Something or someone has heated us or shifted our energy and we are off into this upper energy. Perhaps we ate something that made us feel puffy, but like cumulus clouds that can appear in the morning grow and then disappear later, maybe the cumulus clouds can remind us that as energy, we too can feel our energy expand, move, and then be gone. Sometimes like our emotions or a feeling that just balloons up, floats through us, and then it's gone. Number two is a stratus cloud, and the stratus clouds also is in that low-level cloud category. It hangs low in the sky as a flat, featureless, uniform layer of grayish clouds. They resemble fog that hugs the horizon instead of the ground. Stratus clouds are seen on dreary, overcast days and are associated with light mist or drizzle. There are days we feel like stratus clouds, fuzzy, dreary, flat. We want to hug the ground and yet feel very ungrounded. We have no shape, no motivation. We just feel dreary, gray, and low, like the stratus cloud. We too want to lay low and wait until the sun comes out. And stratocumulus is the last of those low-level clouds. If you took an imaginary knife and spread cumulus clouds together across the sky, but not exactly in a smooth layer, you'd get stratocumulus. These are low, puffy, grayish, or whitish clouds that occur in patches, and sometimes you can see the blue sky visibly poking between the clouds. When viewed from underneath, the stratocumulus have a dark honeycomb appearance. You're likely to see stratocumulus on mostly cloudy days. They form when there's weak convection in the atmosphere. And like us, there are days we feel this puffy gray energy, and then there's moments in our day of sunshine and blue sky poking through. We might have to remind ourselves to actually look for the blue sky, look for the sun. We know it's there, but we have to seek it. And on those days that we feel like we're a stratocumulus cloud, we have to seek out the sunshine and seek out that clearness. And number four, now we move into the middle clouds. This is those clouds that form between 6,500 and 20,000 feet, the autocumulus clouds. They're the most common clouds in this middle atmosphere. You'll recognize them as white or gray patches that dot in the sky in large rounded masses, or clouds that are aligned in parallel bands. They look like the wool of sheep or scales of mackerel fish, and hence often they're nicknamed sheepbacks or mackerel skies. The autocumulus and stratocumulus are often mistaken. Besides autocumulus being higher in the sky, another way to tell them apart is by the size of their individual mounds. Place your hand up in the sky and in the direction of the cloud. If the mound is the size of your thumb, it's an autocumulus. If it's closer to more of a fist size, it's probably stratocumulus. But the autocumulus is often spotted on warm and humid mornings, especially during the summer. They can signal thunderstorms to come later in the day. And like us, they hold on to rain. 
Like us, we hold on to emotion or we hold on to our energy. We hold it inward. Our frustrations or our ideas can lead to an eruption later, just like the potential storm. You may also see them out ahead of cold fronts, in which case they signal the onset of cooler temperatures. And for humans, we can relate to the cooling of our emotions, including cooling of our hearts or passions, should we feel diminished or not seen, a little bit deflated. The autocumulus are large clouds and are meant to be seen, heard, recognized, just like us as humans, that our feelings, our thoughts, our emotions, our vibration, we want to be seen. This might be the energy within us that moves people away from us as they may sense that cooler temperatures in our energy field, or perhaps they sense a possible brewing of storms. And the fifth is the nimbostratus clouds. They cover the sky in a dark gray layer, and they can extend from the low and middle layers of the atmosphere. They're thick enough to blot out the sun. The nimbostratus are the quiescential rain cloud, and you'll see them whenever steady rain or snow is falling or is forecasted to fall over a widespread area. In humans, this is when we feel the emotions rising and knowing we're on the way to shedding the tears. A good healthy cry can be detoxing, cleansing, and can clear the air. It can be the opening for something else to take place. Like the rain nurturing the earth and all living things on earth need rain, and then they need sun afterwards to help grow. We as humans need the release. And the rain clouds prove that the release comes from heavens, and then the windows open and the sun can poke in. But we as humans, we also need those places to release and the place for the sun to poke through. And number six is the altostratus. They appear as gray or bluish gray sheets of clouds that partially or sometimes totally cover the sky at mid-levels. And even though they cover the sky, you can typically still see the sun as a dimly lit disk behind them. But not enough light shines through to cast shadows on the ground. Altostratus tend to form ahead of a warm or occluded front. They can also occur together with cumulus at a cold front. This reminds me of the potential of a storm and rain, but it never comes. It casts a shadow on the sun, but it does nothing to release any nurturing rain for earth. It reminds me when humans hold their emotions inward, hide them, maybe even threaten people. You may know people that are cautious in what words you use around them because you never know what storm is brewing beneath. They might seem like they have the sheet of grayness all around them. We can maybe see it in their faces, their posture, yet we don't know for sure because they're not releasing. We don't see that sunlight. They just continue to be in that shadow energy around them like the alto stratus clouds casting shadows on those around them. And sometimes these are the clouds that we want to take cover from. Number seven is cirrus. And like their name suggests, which is Latin for curl of hair, cirrus are thin, white, wispy strands of clouds that streak across the sky. Because cirrus clouds appear above 20,000 feet in altitude where low temperatures and low water vapor exists, they are made up of tiny, tiny ice crystals rather than water droplets. Cirrus typically occurs in fair weather. They can also form out ahead of warm fronts and large-scale storms like nor'easters and tropical cyclones. So seeing them can also indicate storms may be coming. Like Cirrus 
humans also have a warning system. There are messages and symptoms before we get sick, before we have an energy break, before we get tired, before we need to let off steam. But we often ignore the human warning signs and continue to push forward. In the sailor's eyes, he knows how to read the sky and when to take cover, when to rest, and when to push on. And as humans, we need to learn these skills and practice them and become a little bit more proficient reading the signs. Number eight the cloud is cirrocumulus clouds, and they're small white patches of clouds, often arranged in rows that live at high altitudes, and they are made of ice crystals called cloudlets. The individual cloud mounds of cirrocumulus are much smaller than that of the autocumulus and stratocumulus, and often look like grains. The cirrocumulus clouds are rare and relatively short-lived, but you'll see them more in winter or when it's cold but fair out. They remind us sometimes you have to take the high road, cool your emotions, and know what you're experiencing will pass. It's those little white puffy patches, those little cloudlets. It's short-lived and perhaps not even worth lingering about or not even worth worrying about. Number nine, the cirrostratus clouds are transparent, whitish clouds that veil or cover nearly the entire sky. A dead giveaway to distinguishing cirrostratus is to look for a halo. That's the ring or the circle of light that often shows up around the sun or the moon. The halo is formed by the refraction of the light on the ice crystals in the clouds, similar to how sun dogs are formed, but it's in an entire circle rather than just on either side of the sun in a streak or a blob. Cirrostratus indicates that a large amount of moisture is present in the upper atmosphere. They're also generally associated with approaching warm fronts. When I've seen these halo clouds, I'm also in awe of the seemingly magic of a rainbow that's around the sun or the moon. It reminds me of the energetic auras humans have around them and the beautiful light glow we give off at our center. Sometimes we just need to be in the world, not say or do anything, but just shine our light and let the aura of our energy field do all the work. And like the cirrostratus clouds have that indication of a warm front, this is a time to allow your heart light to shine. We often think about having to take actions, but maybe this is just the time to just be still and let others bask in your energy and be in awe of you. Number 10, the cumulonimbus clouds are one of the few clouds that span the low, middle, and high layers. They resemble the cumulus clouds from which they grow, except they rise into towers with bulging upper portions that look like cauliflower. Cumulonimbus clouds tops are usually always flattened in the shape of an anvil or a plume. Their bottoms are often hazy and dark. The cumulonimbus clouds are the thunderstorm clouds, so if you see one, you can be sure there's a nearby threat of a severe weather, short but heavy periods of rainfall, hail, and possibly even tornadoes. I remember my first flight, and as we flew through the clouds, I was mesmerized by the dimensions, the size, the texture, the lack of density, but yet it felt like there should be density. If you've flown around or near a cumulonimbus system, the pilot will attempt to go around the seemingly honoring the pressure system or honoring the cloud. And like humans, sometimes we are the storm. 
We need to release safely, be alone, let the energy clear. Sometimes we cast hail and torrential rains and every now and then a tornado. If we see the storm in others, it may be safer to fly around them versus risk any interaction, or it may be to approach gently, calmly, and with love and compassion. And there are many more lessons that we learn from clouds. They have different dimensions, they're different levels, and they have different purposes. They remind us of the different levels. Just as we all look different, we as humans do have some consistencies. Like clouds, we all have different levels and different purposes. We express at different levels. We speak at different levels. We behave at different levels. And we certainly love at different levels. This does not mean we love one person more than the other. It simply means we love each person differently. Understanding our differences allows us to understand how important all of us are as we all have uniqueness and individual as well as a collective purpose. Much like the clouds, they provide rain and wind to move things. Humans have purpose also. And also, clouds urge us to be creative, as in art. And again, I'll go back to the memories that you might have, looking up at the clouds and seeing the many images of animals or art. They remind us that one person might see a dragon where another sees a bee in the same cloud. They remind us that we can look at the same thing yet see different things. And what we can see changes within a matter of seconds. That dragon can then turn into an elephant. It's the magic of our minds, our creative eye. And as humans, we have this magnificent ability to think, to problem solve, to be creative, to see things different ways. And clouds, they remind us to release. In the darkness of heaviness, sometimes we just need to let it storm. We need to let it rain and then move on. But just a reminder that there's life in rain. Rain nurtures earth and it's necessary for growth. We need water, but we also need to release. We can't hold everything in. And sometimes, like the clouds release rain in order to let the sun in, so do we sometimes need to release to let sun in. And when clouds rumble or throw lightning, sometimes this is like our humanness where we just need to rumble and grumble or strike out and release. Just be aware and cautious and honoring. Do it in a safe place. And in the darkness of clouds, there's also light that shines through. If you've ever seen the sun shining, these magnificent rays behind a cloud, we sometimes experience our circumstances as dark, dull, and depressing, like a cloud that's blocking our sunlight. And it's during that time that we can focus on piercing through our circumstances to purposefully call on the light and pull that light into our existence. Yes, Things are not always easy, and it's best always to remember how the sun physically shines through clouds, even if we can only see a silver lining. But clouds can also offer shade and a reprieve from the hotness of the sun. If you've ever worked outside under the hot sun, a cloud moving across the sky sometimes is a welcoming moment for that cool, that shade, just a moment where you can get out of the brightness of the sun. And clouds never feel the need to be grounded. They go wherever the wind takes them. They trust in the universe to take them to low levels, high levels, stretch them out, crowd them together, move them between 
places, gather or dissipate. There's value and purpose to all, just as there is value and purpose to all of us. We have value. We have purpose. In all our moments, in all our experiences, every interaction, every quiet and alone time or times that we have together, they all have reasons. Be like a cloud. Pick your cloud. Acknowledge it proudly. And when you think of a cloud, what cloud might you be? Spend some time outside. Connect with nature. Understand that you are connected, even though you might feel thousands of feet away. There is a connection between you and what floats above you. I'm Lori Wondra. Thank you so very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Messages from the Universe. I'm Lori Wondra. For current events or to schedule a private session, please visit www.yourlifecore.com.